Have you ever been to the top of a mountain, the bottom of a valley, or on the hike between? We're talking about seasons in following Jesus. Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal guys trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, hey, my name's Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Welcome back. How you doing, Josh? We're doing well. We should have a lot of energy ready to go since we skipped a week in there, and you were on vacation for a week. I just got back from the mountains for a week. I think we're we're gunning and, and ready to fire. Dude, we're running and gunning. We are live, and well, we're actually not live, but you and I are live in this moment. People, I'm sorry we missed an I think, episode. I think people need to be more live in life. Like They should yeah. spend more time being live in the moment. Yeah, which I hope you were angry last week, people, our loyal followers. I, it was on me. I thought I was going to be able to record. I even took my mic on vacation. Didn't work out. No Wi-Fi at the house. It was rough. So... I hope you're angry. Hope you can forgive us. I hope you're feeling lively as you listen to this. So my humblest apologies. Hey, I did learn something from your, whatever we call it, that we're headed to a conference here at the end of August. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to be working up there for the first couple of days before the conference starts. And I made sure to reach out to the Airbnb and say, Hey, do you guys have Wi-Fi? and what are your Wi-Fi speeds? <laughs> Yeah, that was smart. Yeah, because literally no Wi-Fi. Who does that at a rental property, man? That was messed up. Uh, it's good to be back, and I'm ready to go as we talk about this whole idea of mountains, valleys, and the hike in between. But, of course, before we do that, like we, we probably need a chicken update, right? It wouldn't be this Jesus Life podcast without an update about the chickens. It's been a few weeks. I have some, I have some good news and some bad news. Which would you like first? Uh, let's start with the good news. <laughs> the good news is, dude, I have 17 healthy chickens and they are ready to start laying eggs. No, wait, I lied. I have 16 healthy chickens and they're ready to start laying eggs any day, man. They're right there. They're pretty dang happy. They're loving life in general. Here's the problem is you started with the bad news. <laughs> I know. All I can think of is is taking the shovel and picking up that chicken's body. Um, The bad news, people, is that we lost one the other day, and I don't know why. It was just dead. Maybe it had a heart attack. I think it choked on food. I'm not sure, but we are down to 16. So I very thoroughly cleaned their coop. We did a lot of research on what it might be. Oh, do you think he might have got COVID? Or the swine flu? Well, I labeled it COVID uh, officially. Um, Could have been the swine flu. Did you add it to the numbers? Yeah. Need to make sure we prop those numbers up. I reported it as a death to the CDC. Uh, We lost one. Well, it's not the CDC anymore. The White House is now bypassing the CDC. Oh, good. Is it just straight to Google? Straight to the... Straight to Google. Uh, we've <laughs> we've privatized we've privatized it. We're letting our corporations now take over our reporting. Why not, man? Seems legit. Okay, that's my update. Good news, bad news. But seriously, we still have sixteen chickens. We're good. If they start dropping weekly, we're not going to be good over time. But for now, well, the benefit is is they're not super expensive. You could always buy more. <laughs> I know it was just <laughs> shocking. I walked in there, it was just laying on the floor. All the other chickens were looking at it. So, like, was it alive yesterday? Flying. Like, when did you find it? It was alive when I got home Saturday night. 
And then Sunday morning, I went out there to like check their food and water because I gave them some Sunday night. But I'm like, want to make sure everything's good. It was just laying beside the water, just so flat. Sad. I'm like, oh no. Who watched them while you were this gone? Bad. Uh, my brother-in-law took good care of them gotcha. for sure. He didn't. He didn't cause the death. How much would that suck? Where he's just like, okay, dude. So I swear, I didn't do anything. But you only have twelve chickens left. I don't know what happened to the other ones. <laughs> They're gone. They are gone. So that's my chicken update, dude. What's uh what's going on in your world? How's Jack doing? Did you did you take him in the mountains? I know you did. I did take him I did take him into the mountains. He um not sure he's a camping dog. Uh I think he's been too pampered in his life. Fair. Uh, and the dirt Fair. was a little too much for him. Uh wasn't a fan. Uh I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with my dog. By the end of it, he was fine. By the end of it, he was laying in the dirt. But at first, like he was constantly shaking. You're just like, dog, stop! Like you're gonna give yourself a heart attack. <laughs> I love that Jack always has strong opinions about everything. Could be a thunderstorm rolling in, a door opening, going camping, being in the dirt. So the last night we were there, it rained most of the evening. Um, so we're in the tent, and it's like just pounding rain on it. He didn't seem to care at all. So we're just like, <laughs> does this make any sense? Like, Jack, you do not make sense. Did you pray for him? He might have been miraculously healed of his storm phobia. No, because he's now sitting right by my feet because the clouds are coming in and he's freaking out. So So this week we are talking about kind of the seasons of following Jesus. And we labeled it, uh, decided to call it mountain valleys and the hike in between. Mountains and valleys and the hike in between. Because... In my experience, there are kind of distinct seasons in following Jesus that I feel like I'm going through every now and then they change. I don't know. It's unique. And I feel like maybe people who aren't as, haven't been following Jesus for quite as long, not that I've been that long, but you know, maybe are newer to it. Maybe don't know that there's ups and downs and like lulls and fun times and exciting times of following Jesus that it's like all kind of mixed and it's it ebbs and flows so i thought it'd be good to kind of talk about that and you seem to agree so here we are mountains valleys and the hike in between that's good i don't know i struggle with the mountains and valleys idea and concept inside of christianity i get it, it i think it's human condition i don't know if it has to be the the way it is like I, i'm curious if you can get to a level of of trusting jesus that that it's not all hikes and valleys now we see throughout scripture that you look at the Israelites of the Old Testament, and there's hikes and valleys. You see um, Paul going through difficult times, but at the same time, Paul kept his faith in. Um, like, the dude got stoned almost to death and yeah. didn't really bat an eye. Like, he just kept moving. Here's yeah. the gospel, and this is, we're going to keep preaching. So sure. you wonder, like, how much of it is. But but they're there. We, we recognize them. Um, you know, we've both spent a fair amount of time in the church and been around a lot of different people, and... It's definitely um, a part of Christianity today. Is yeah. There's seasons where things feel great. There's seasons where they feel dry. There's seasons where I feel like you know Jesus is super close, and at other times I feel like he's super distant. And when I say mountains and valleys, maybe, maybe I just mean like obstacles, you know, because I, I agree with you. It's not like you're always starting from 10 or starting from zero in different seasons. I feel like it's slowly up and to the right you know, over time of following with Jesus or following Jesus. But the reality is you're still going to have 
even if you're going uphill or to use our hike analogy, if you're going up towards Jesus in your relationship, you're growing that bigger and stronger. There's still going to be moments that feel like highs and moments that are definite lows to where you have to climb back out of them, you know, Um, even if you're going uphill the whole time in a positive direction. Well, I wonder too, like maybe there's two hills going on at the same time. Like there's this relationship with Jesus, right? Um, and then there's the circumstances of life. And the circumstances of life, there's no doubt. It goes up and down. It's It's got deep pits. It's got high highs. No doubt about any of that. But I wonder in the midst of it, like as we mature in our relationship with Jesus, meaning our dependence on Jesus or trust on Jesus, that we have such a level of faith that, you know, it is that what you were describing, that hill that's yeah. always going up. Um, I wonder if if that's a piece of it, but well, let's talk about what, what are those hills and valleys? Like how do they show up or how have they shown up maybe in your life over the, over the years? I want to talk about that, but I was, if you're okay with it, I'd like to kind of start with kind of the ideas of Matthew 13, the parable of the sower as it's labeled. And as you probably heard it preached, if you have been in the church for a while, but I'll just give you the skinny version. Um, I won't read it for oh, the skinny verbatim. Version necessarily. That's my favorite kind. Yeah, that's right. Skinny jean style. So basically Jesus was preaching to a large crowd and and he told them um, that there was a farmer who scattered seeds and some seeds fell off the path, basically where birds and things could could come and snatch them up. Um, Some things were planted on rocky places where they didn't actually grow very well. Um, Some things were planted and they started to grow, but then thorns like grew up and choked them out before they could really mature. And then other things fell on really good soil, good conditions, and they grew and they produced 30, 60, 100 fold. You know, they really were productive plants. And first of all, I like this analogy a lot because I've been focusing a lot of effort on my garden recently and everything's starting to produce. And it's like, I grew all these tomato plants from seeds that are now like six foot tall, five foot tall plants that are growing like tons of tomatoes to the point where if I wanted, I could harvest some tomatoes and get more seeds than I ever planted out of a single plant, you know, for the whole crop. So this makes a lot of sense to me. The reality is a bunch of the people, this analogy, like they maybe just heard it and he's like, oh yeah, you're just instructing on how to do farming. We all get that. And the disciples were like, hey, what do you mean by that? Like, did you mean more or were you just talking about plants? You know, farther down in in Matthew 13, um, he explains like, listen, here's what it means. When somebody hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one can come and snatch that away from their heart. This is the seed that's sown on the path. The seed falling on rocky ground is basically someone who hears the word and and receives it with joy, but because they don't have any good deep roots, like that just gets blasted away. They're just in it for a short time and then they're gone. They're knocked away by like the troubles of life, you know, the circumstances like you were talking about. Then the seed that falls on the thorns is basically somebody who um, here's the word and then like the worries the the anxiety in life um, the deceitfulness of wealth like they choke it out so it never that that spiritual walk never becomes fruit um, it's unfruitful but the seed that falls on the good soil is somebody who hears it and understand it understands it and that person yields fruit like they make disciples they they spread the word they sh- they show real relationship with God and and others catch on and start 
a movement or start movements because of it. So I just thought starting this idea of seasons with kind of the idea of what Jesus laid out of here's some high level, you know, to use our favorite business term, here's a high level idea um, is just that, you know, once you start a relationship with Jesus, you don't obviously, you obviously probably don't want to be in one of the, the, the types of seeds that gets choked out early on. You want to be in the, the type that becomes fruitful ultimately and makes it through the long haul. I don't know. I thought maybe talking about different seasons we've experienced might be helpful to get people from the, the mountaintop that they might be on or the valley they're in. Part of me just wants to jump to like, hey, let's like let's figure out how to get you to have good soil. Let's figure out how to have you make sure that you're always yeah. on the up and up. Then the other part is like, that's not where we are. Um, there's seasons where I've definitely not been in those places and had to work through certain things to figure out. And I know those listening aren't the, aren't in those places either. And oftentimes they feel like you know they're in those deep valleys and they feel like it's it's more of a chasm than a valley and they don't. They can't figure out the way to get out and feel like they're just going to be down there forever. And so maybe we just talk about that. When's the time in your life that, that you felt you were in a deep chasm that God wasn't close for whatever reason. And there's a variety of different reasons. It could be because your, your sin, it could be because of um, your view of God, it could be so many different things, but like, what is a time in your life that you felt in those deep chasms where it wasn't going to ever get any better? That's a great question, man. I think one thing that springs to mind about three years ago, I would say I was in kind of a chasm um, where maybe three and a half or four years, I'm not exactly positive on the timing, but my wife, uh, Jana, had been in grad school for about a year. Maybe maybe she was about two years in, but it was a three-year program. It was real intense. She was growing these deep relationships with lots of really good friends that she has till this day where they were counseling each other and and being counseled and and practicing and growing uh, in a lot of ways, you know, but when you're in school for a, a counseling degree, a therapy degree, you have to really observe confidentiality really well. So she was growing all these deep relationships with people that I had like never met, I didn't know, um, sharing things with them that she could tell me what she shared, but that's it, you know, and I didn't want to be prying all the time. So there was that going on where I kind of felt on the outside of that. And then at church, um, I felt like I was going through the motions. I was showing up. I was, I was there, but I wasn't necessarily fully engaged at that point. I was just kind of being a part of it. I was excited being youth ministry with you and with our friends there, uh, but that was kind of it. At work, I felt like I wasn't where I should be in that season. My job was way too easy for me. I just, I'd been doing it for a while. I guess all the circumstances in my life gave me a lot of outs to just say, like, I'm not really going to dig in hard. I'm not going to try super hard in this season. And it just kind of led to, like, I didn't feel like I was hearing anything from God for a while. Um, I was putting in probably a lot less effort, um, like we've talked about in the past, of things like reading your Bible, actually praying, actually being honest and confessing. Like, I don't think I was doing much of any of that, you know? I was just going through the motions and felt like I was just kind of slipping over time of just like, not that I was 
not believing the things I knew to be true, but I wasn't trying <laughs> at them. My effort wasn't there, and I felt lackadaisical in a lot of areas of my life. So I don't know. Reality is God never pulled away. God never was like, I'm not here and willing to help, uh, willing to speak to you. I just stopped trying for a while. And uh, I don't know exactly when I shifted out of that season. Like that, that probably went on for about a year and probably shifted around the time I found out we were going to have Catherine, that Gianna was pregnant. You know, that kind of maybe actually I know that snapped me out of it because I'm like, okay, my job might be be easy, but uh, but this is snapping me out of out of that whole world of like, I got to figure this stuff out, and and I don't have all the answers, you know. So it's like, here's your next huge challenge. Here's your next hike for the analogy um, we've been talking on. So I don't know. That's one time I think of right away. That wasn't that long ago. What do you think about? with the, the kind of feeling maybe distant or or even a different season, like mountaintop, whatever. What are you thinking, man? Like, it's easy now to look back at those seasons and, and even say, hey, this is probably why I was in these places. Um, in the midst of it, it doesn't feel that way, right? Like, in the midst of it, it feels like God is distant, though we know he's not. Cause, you know, Scripture tells us that. Our experiences tell us that. But... Um, while you're in the midst of it, it feels like things aren't working out the way that you thought they were going to, or they're working out the way that you hoped can definitely be valleys can definitely feel like, does God even hear my prayers? Does, is God listening? Is he even paying attention? Yeah. Um, like I, I don't struggle and never have really struggled with the, with the idea that God isn't all powerful, all knowing like that 100% have no doubt there. Um, I've seen it over and over again. Uh, my struggle is that God, though he is all powerful, all knowing could intervene at any point. He's not going to intervene for me. Hmm. Like that's my, that's my issues usually. So like, you know, my previous, my previous role was, was relatively toxic and I didn't realize how toxic it was and how much I played in that toxicity of the culture. Um, so being in the midst of that and just watching certain things happen and, and this and that, like, there's definitely some dark days of like, God, I don't like if this is Christianity, if this is going to be the life, like, I don't want this. Like, just take me now. Like, no, thank you. Now it's never to the point where like, I wanted to commit suicide, but I was okay with God taking my life. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I laugh, but it, I, I realize that people can be in these moments and they're relatively serious. So I, I get the the depths of it. I get the hurt and the pain and the distance of it. And in my situation, similar to your situation is like, I was still going through the motions of, of a good Christian shoot. I was a pastor. Like you better go through the motions. And let's be real. You and I, we were doing accountability in that time, you know, and it was like relatively early into when we started that we call it accountability, but we were, we were just meeting with each other each week, praying and being honest about what was going on. So I'm sure as you sat across from me, most weeks you're just like, oh, your life sounds busy, but <laughs> like you're not doing a ton with Jesus maybe. So I don't know. Well, you get to that point where like you just become numb. So like you go through all the motions, like I was still reading my Bible. I was still going through my prayer lists and doing all the right things that good Christians do. But uh, at the same time, like there was no relationship in it. Like there was... That's the big missing piece, I think. Is, and I can only say this now because it's, you know, it's past 
you know, it's in the past and I can reflect back. But in the midst of it, I wouldn't really have known it. I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm doing all the right things, God. And yet you're not, you're not showing up or you don't feel close. Like, do you care? Like all those, all those things kind of running through your brain. But I, I think the big missing piece as I look back is it's, it was a relationship. Like, sure, I was doing the right things. And they're the things that we teach others to do, right? Like we just went through a whole you know series where we're talking about these Jesus habits. It's the, the, I was practicing those Jesus habits. And there's moments in there that were really great. And there's moments that weren't. But the point of the Jesus habits aren't the actual action. It's the relationship we're trying to foster with Jesus. So like in those moments, what was my prayer life? Most of the time it was me saying, God, like, what the heck? Like, seriously, like, this is where we're at again. Like, yeah, no pardon really wants to talk to you today. So it's, it's kind of going through those whole things. And, you know, we've said this over the years, like, um, like God can handle your doubt. God can handle your anger. Like, let it out. It's better. You let it out. than don't let it out. Like it's going to have a pretty drastic effect on your faith if you don't let it out. And then the high moments, like, there's plenty of high moments throughout my life where, you know, God spoke so clearly in terms of calling and spoke so clearly in terms of next steps and um, even clearly in, in hard decisions um, that, you know, encountered loss, but at the same time, they needed to happen for future growth to happen. You know, it's that pruning process of God cutting away the things that may be good, maybe even great, but not Jesus. Um, so cutting those things away to have more of a, a true fruit to your, your relationship with Jesus, a true fruit to your faith. But yeah, for me, so like even going way back to like high school days, like camps and retreats have always been, you know, huge for me in terms of relationship. Like the beautiful things about them are you're getting away from life for, you know, a weekend or a week. And, you know, you're in a cocoon for lack of a better term of Jesus, right? Like, your schedule is built around Jesus. You wake up and you spend time with Jesus. In in high school, let's be honest, you didn't do that if you weren't at camp, but you do it because everybody else is doing it. And uh, it'd be weird if you weren't. And then you go into a worship and you worship with you know hundreds, if not thousands, of people. And uh, then you go into a Bible study and then you go serve people. And it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's so drastically different than our our normal every days. And, um, and in those the moments meantime, are super in the high. Of all of that, you have like tons of fun stuff happening too, where it's like you got mm-hmm. downtime and it's two hours. Of well, and hot girls. Are you going? like? <laughs> let's be honest. Majority of the time I went to camp in high school was because there was a hot girl there yeah. that I really wanted to date. Yeah, that's right. Uh-oh. Totally. Yeah, you have somebody who you are convinced you're going to be dating by the end of the week. That pretty much never happens. Um, you have tons of fun in between each thing and you're like building deep friendships as you're experiencing things in your relationship with Christ for the first time or in a new way. Like it's the perfect combo, you know, it's a total high. It's like tons of fun, really meaningful, great memories, hot mm-hmm. chicks that you are like, I'm in love with this lady, even though I'm 14, we're going to get married. I know it. Um, <laughs> Dude, I had, I had kids' names. I had the whole Shabama things. I knew how this was going to play out. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but that's that. Like, is the recipe for a, a high season or a mountaintop? Not even high season. I think mountaintop is good because when you're on the top of a mountain, you just stay there for for a minute. You know, if you hike Pikes Peak, it's fourteen thousand feet up there. Like, but the reality is, if you stay there. There's a thunderstorm almost every day in the middle of the day. And if you're on top of that thing, you might get struck by lightning. Like you have very high chances of that. So you just go up, you get there early, you take some pictures, check out the view. But you got to get off that thing. You know, you're gone for a week at camp, maybe two weeks, whatever. So are you saying that like when you get to the top of mountain, Jesus shocks you? Yeah. 
yeah. and like tries to kill you. I'm, I'm trying to follow your analogy and I'm a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying in real life, like calling it a mountaintop moment makes sense because it's like when you do a hike to the top of a mountain, you don't want to just hang out up there all day. Like it's beautiful, but it's not real life. It's not, well, it's not your normal life. You know, it's not the normal ebbs and flows of life. So it, it's usually just a short moment or a short season where you feel like I'm crushing it in my relationship with Jesus. Everything's going great. It's like, I haven't really stayed in that type of moment for a long period of time in my life. I've deepened in my faith in in a lot of ways. I've learned lessons that I now know to be true in a different way than just reading it off the page or hearing it preached about for a moment. You know, I just think that's part of maturity is you, you, you learn those lessons usually kind of slowly. Um, and over time, like for me, is God faithful? That's been a huge lesson that in the last couple of years, it's been confirmed again and again, God is faithful. God is faithful to me. He's faithful to others. He's got it. Like he's faithful. And when the next situation comes up in three months that you're worried about and anxious about Andrew, <laughs> God's faithful. He, he's taught you that in the last three years. You know this. How does that apply to this situation? Well, it does, you know? So anyway, I just mean like you're on the, the top for just a moment, and then you maybe start to come down the, the hill, down the mountain, the other side, not necessarily to a bad place, just a different place, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think there's seasons in the sense in our, our faith that like there's seasons of testings and trials, right? Where life gets hard and our faith is tested. And, you know, we know that that testing leads to perseverance and perseverance leads, you know, eventually to um, greater faith and hope and peace and trust and the whole shabam of things. Cause we've watched God get it each time, right? Like we know he has my best interest at heart, no matter what I may do or others may do to find myself in the difficult situations, God's still right there with me in the midst of it. And I think oftentimes like people feel God is distant or they're in dry spells because of sin that they're wrestling with. So it's the habitual sin that keeps coming back. And there's a variety of them. We could list them all, but it'd take us forever. And you know what the habitual sins look like. And um, I think in those times we often just beat ourselves up and it's the shame monster that kind of takes over and starts to attack our identity and tell us who we are that keeps distance between us and Jesus because nowhere in scripture, nowhere throughout the entire new Testament do we find um, that that's true. God doesn't pull himself. Jesus doesn't pull himself back. He's, you know, you know, Jesus said on the cross as he took on, became the sin of humanity. So my sin, your sin, like it wasn't, like he genuinely became it to die for it, which is my bogging itself. But he said in the moment, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hmm. Um, like he took on the sins so God could turn his back on him. So we would never have to experience that. Like that's what we've access to. So the, like the beauty is we, God's with me in the midst of my sin. So what am I going to do about it? Like talk about it, get in the details of it, open up and, and be honest about it. I think like over the last few episodes, we've kind of touched on this here and there, but there's a level of vulnerability that has to happen inside of your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And if it's not happening, like that's a big issue. That's a massive red flag. Your relationship is shallow at that point. And it's like this. So think of your bestest of friends, whoever your bestest of friends happens to be. Um, or your bestest of friends in high school and yeah. you know, they knew everything about you. You told them everything and 
Hmm. Uh, all these, this and that. And then you compare that in your relationship with Jesus. And you're like, well, like, yeah, Jesus loves me. He knows everything about me because he knows the hairs on my head. True. But have you told him any of those things? Like, have you gone into like the, the depths of those conversations and the depths of those stories to tell him the stories? Like, is that the kind of relationship you have with Jesus? I mean, it's not, I encourage you to have it. Like that's where it really comes down to is that, like that's where love is created, right? Love's created inside of relationship, inside of conversation. And, and the other part of it too is if you can't love yourself for a variety of different reasons, right? Lies you've believed, sins you've committed, um, like you can't accept Jesus' love either. Like it's too difficult because you don't trust him. You got to dig into those things and, and figure out like, why don't I love me? Like, yeah. what's the issue with me? Or why don't I think I'm I'm capable or or whatever it happens to be like, like dig into those things with Jesus and talk about those things. Like I think people need to spend a lot more time and I hate calling it prayer because it is prayer, but I hate calling it prayer because prayer has this idea in our head, right? Like it's around the dinner table. We hold hands, close our eyes. That's prayer. Or uh, it's a prayer recite every night. Cause that's just what I was raised to do. Whatever happened. Yeah. Like it's not that it's conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, open yourself up and spilling out like this is who I am God and this is where I'm at God and here's the questions running through my head God and here's here's the struggles that I just can't seem to beat God and um, like when I was reading a book this this last weekend and and the question that got asked and it's kind of the whole premise of the book was do you spend more time trying to please God or trust God and when you first hear those that question you're like well like I want to do both right I want to please God and trust God. Why, why do I have to pick one or the other? Right. Um, and his argument is, is because we're not called to please God. Um, mm. We're called to trust God. Pleasing God is a, is a, like, can I do good enough? Yeah. Can I do a, you know, enough good things and, you know, few bad things to be godly or, or righteous or, yeah. or whatever we want to look at. But that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is, God, I'm not good enough. There's no part of me that's good enough. And when I try to do it on my own, like at some point I'm going to fail and, and fall. And trusting you, on the other hand, is like you're in, you're in control. Mm. Um, you've got this. Like I don't have to worry about it. Like I'm going to do my part, um, at least in terms of chasing after you and pursuing you and uh, you know, focusing on relationship with you. But for the rest of it's really, really on you. I need you to help me conquer these sins in my life because I've tried the willpower thing and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, you're going to eventually fail, right? Right. Like I spent, I spent over a decade addicted to pornography. Do you know how many times mm-hmm. I try to stop, you know, participating in pornography? Yeah. A thousand, if not 2000 times, right. like, come on. Right. Uh, and you know what? Nothing ever changed. Mm-hmm. Went right back to it. Eventually I'd have mm-hmm. great times yeah. in the midst of it. Like, yeah, three months, yeah. four months. And then something would happen and you're right back into it. Mm-hmm. But when we focus in our relationship with Jesus, yeah. Like in, and start giving him more time. And it's not this like one's going to replace the other. It's like, right. I have such a deep love and respect and Jesus is, is kind of getting to the root causes of, of some of the things um, that are causing me to go down these roads, whether it's control or whether it's lonely, like there's a variety of reasons why we go down yeah. those things and getting to the roots of them and opening up about those things and talking about hard, difficult past things that have gone in your life and being raw about those emotions. Like, um, they're not fun things. You don't want to go through them. And, um, but at the same time, when you get through them on the other side, things are so much, so much better. Um, but yeah, I think there's something to chasing after Jesus that, that fixes a lot of our issues. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. We're still going to have issues, but fixes our perspective in the midst of those issues. That's right, dude. 
as you were talking, I I was laughing. You probably saw me trying not to like make noise in the mic, but last night I was watching New Girl, um, and which Ooh, that's is a good one. It's pretty hilarious show, and it was one of the early seasons where uh, where Schmidt shows up, and the whole episode is about Schmidt getting uh, Nick a cookie. He just shows up, and he's like, "Here's a cookie, man." Um, and Nick's like, "Why'd you get me a cookie?" And he's like, "I was thinking about you." And Nick's like, "What are you, what are you talking about? You were just thinking about me?" And he's like, "Yeah, dude, like you're you're one of my best friends, like." I think about you a lot, you know, like I just know I saw that cookie and I'm like, you love cookies. I'm going to get that for him. And <laughs> Schmidt, Schmidt's like, wait, uh, you don't think about me? And he's like, no, of course I don't think about you and does this whole thing. And then at the end, it basically ends with Nick like tearfully giving Schmidt a cookie and like, you got me a cookie. I gave you a cookie, man. And they like hug and make up and it's all good. But, uh, but the whole thing of like, um, I don't know. I, I guess I keep saying this time and again as we as we have these discussions, but it's just the small gestures of were you thinking about me? Like were you were you trying to think about me to bring me into your day? And not me, not me, Andrew, but like when you're looking at God, when you're facing God or, or paying attention to him, like were you thinking about me at all? You know? Were you trying to think about how to look a little more like Jesus in your life? Uh were you trying to trying to spend time with me today where you just like compare it to like someone you've you're in love with or infatuated with. Yeah. Um, you think about them all the time. You're like, I wonder what they're doing, doing right now. I'm going to get on. Well, now you can, when we were in high school, this wasn't a thing, but I'm going to get on Facebook and see if they posted anything, or I'm going to get on the Instagrams and the TikToks and see if they've yeah. posted anything just to see what they're up to. Like you think about them on a regular basis and you're like, Oh yeah. I wonder if they're going to be at this party that I'm going to tonight. What, whatever happens to be right. Like, so it's taking that love, that focus, yeah. that attention, and applying it to your life with Jesus. So it's saying, well, how often are you, are you thinking about Jesus in a day? If it's not often, mm, there might be an issue. And the issue isn't, well, I just got to love him more. No, no, no. The issue is got to spend time with him more. That's the issue. Like, I, I fall in love with people the more time I spend with people, right? Like, as I get to know them and the insides and the outsides of them, the good and the bad of them. Now, you're falling in love with Jesus. And there's not a lot of bad in that. Uh, there's bad in the sense of he's going to ask you to do things that stretch you and, and push you and you don't want to do them. But outside of that, not a lot of bad, but it's relationship. It's spending time together. It's, it's digging into these, these areas of our lives and, you know, truths that he's spoken um, and, and just having conversation. And the more time you spend doing those types of things, it, cause like, you know, early on in, in my ministry career, like I just taught, you got to read your Bible for this, this long and you got to pray these mm. things and, and all important things and have a good heart behind them. But in all yeah. reality, like they're not helpful because they're not actually fostering a relationship mm. um, because the focus was wrong, right? Like I do these things cause I want to focus in on my relationship with Jesus. I want to spend time with him. I want to get away if I need to get away um, yeah. to, to spend more time with him. And like, you know, as I left um, and there wasn't any big like oh, moments right. over the weekend, but like as I left and I was praying about whatever I was praying about, I don't remember now. Yeah. So I stop, I get lunch. Um, my dog's being my dog. Uh, and I'm driving and I'm just praying through. And you just have that moment where you're like, holy crap, like Jesus is like, it's like he like held my hand. It was like that kind of moment. You're like, all right, God, I don't know what you're leading me into, into these mountains. Uh, and it wasn't really anything like, huh, profound. 
um, it was just these moments of like, oh, like, holy crap, I'm just driving in a car. I happen to be talking to Jesus in the moment, and now I'm having this weird image in my head of like I'm holding Jesus's hand. Now I'm a grown man. Uh, I don't hold really anyone's hand. <laughs> so it's a little weird to say of the emotion that comes with that comfort. But yeah. at the same time, that's, that's what it was, right? Like it was, mm. is a comforting moment of like, Oh, you're here. And mm. I looked at it. All right. Apparently you got something for me this week. I'm so excited and stoked, but it was just, just a reminder of like, Hey, I'm right here, dude. Like, yeah, I'm right here with you. We're having a conversation. We're going to talk through this. That's super cool, man. That's really cool. Um, and those moments are like so good, you know. I think as you you have a longer career, a longer journey of following Jesus, like that type of stuff, you maybe just recognize better. Um, I'm not sure. Like, man, I had a similar thing a couple weeks ago. I uh, I was listening to a podcast, and it's this guy who was playing piano and singing songs. And he was he was playing this Pink Floyd song, and the lyrics are so so. You think you can tell heaven from hell, uh, blue skies from rain, um, and all this stuff. Like so, you think you really know what's going on. Basically, is the idea. But I was sitting on this like bench, and the sun was shining, but it wasn't that hot. It was a, just a really nice day. Breeze was blowing. I was holding my daughter. Flowers all around. It was just this beautiful moment and like beautiful clouds going over and i was just sitting there and i was like you know i think i can tell i think i can tell heaven from hell and like this is just a little moment of the slice of living in the kingdom of heaven like i wasn't wasn't doing any crazy ministry wasn't doing anything that would look like following jesus in the way we might think or the way you would put on a postcard but man in that moment i'm like my daughter's happy. I'm holding her. She's enjoying this beautiful day. I'm sitting there deeply recognizing that it's God's creation and just feeling his presence nearby. And that's all that happened. Just like you on the, on the drive of just feeling yeah, like, oh, yeah, good. Jesus is close in this moment. And that feels awesome. You know, like it's just yeah. good. Like it's just and, and you need those moments for when life is hard, for when you forget the things that you know to be true. You know, for when you forget for a moment and and you're going through a season of intense anxiety or intense worry or or whatever that is, when you're in that spot where you don't believe the things well enough that you know are true, that's when you need to look back and say, like, no, God taught me for two years that he's faithful. Like, he's still faithful. God told me, like, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's not just when you die. It's not just then. So... So honor God with your life right now because there's a lot he wants to do in it. And we got to remind ourselves. And we also, let's be real, we need people around us that can remind us of that stuff. Because when we're in kind of the, call it valleys, but like the, the potholes of life. You know, when you just hit a pothole and your wheel is making a weird noise and you're, it, it's a little wobbly as you're driving or your ankle hurts or whatever and you don't want to keep going. That's when you need people around you to be like, hey, let me remind you of what's true. <laughs> Let me remind you of what of what you told me was true six months ago, a year ago. Let me remind you of, of what God's doing in my life because he can do that stuff in your life. So I don't know. We just, I like the analogy of seasons because they come and go and there's not much that you and I can do to control it. <laughs> we can move to a different climate, but there's still winter, there's still summer, there's still spring, still fall. It just looks different. Well, and how you respond to it is the only thing we can control, right? Yeah. 
And like, say, you know, maybe right now, as you listen, you're, you're in the midst of a, a deep valley and you don't know how to get out of the valley. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the first things you got to do is you got to share it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like you got to let someone else know you're in a valley. You know, I feel like God is distant. I, I feel whatever it happens to be like, let it out. Like, as you were just saying, oftentimes like let the church be the church and it's the people, right? Yeah. When we say the church, I mean the people, the community of God. And sometimes they're the representation of God when you feel distant from God um, because you're not hearing because you've believed a lie for so long. You can't get out of it. Whatever the reason you're is not, you're not hearing bringing others into that conversation and not necessarily bring others into the conversation to fix it. Right. Um, but just sit with you in it. Yeah. Um, like, and be okay with that. Now, my personality is like, if I'm going to share it with somebody else, I need you to fix whatever I'm sharing with you. That's not the issue. It's just like, I've got to get this emotion. I got to get these feelings off of me. Um, and I got to get them out in the open. And you're going to be the person that's going to listen to me do this. Right. Like, I'm not looking for you to fix anything, though I'd love for you to. I just need to get this out. Um, and this is what I'm really thinking, and this is what I'm really feeling, and how can God let these things happen, or how can God um, not give me this, or how can God, like, we all have all those questions, right? Like, yeah. if you feel like there's a disconnect between you and God, start having that conversation with somebody else. Hmm. Um, now, someone that loves Jesus and loves you in that order, right. so they can point you back towards Jesus, because he's the only one that's going to ultimately satisfy and ultimately get you through those seasons, but um, in the midst of it, to jump start the the process like share it with those people in your life of hey this is how i'm i'm feeling this is what's going on and this is what's happened whatever yeah. happens happens to be i think so often the enemy's goal is to isolate you right yeah like when you're in those seasons it's to say well they're not going to care they don't care about me anyways and then you start testing relationships right you get on that road which always is going to fail uh horrible idea by the way if that's where you're at don't try to test a relationship right uh it doesn't work but it's not helpful um but when you're in the midst of those things, like, like you need those people to speak into your life, and enemy's going to tell you, no, they're not going to understand. How are they ever going to understand how you feel? Um, or the enemy's going to say, like, God, like how God can how can God love you now? Like you're not pleasing to God. Like you're disgusting, and I can't believe you did that again. And um, those like those thoughts about that person ran through your head again. Like, are you serious? You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be like the moral standard and you're not even coming close. Like those are the things the enemy starts throwing at you. And now you start pulling away from your, your community your your, your church, your people, um, because you feel like you're not worthy enough. You feel like I've screwed up again and they're not going to understand. And, and to some extent to your defense, they often don't, we don't do community. Well, um, you know, it's, one thing I'd love to see changed and um, and I haven't done community well over the years. Like I'm in a season right now where things are fantastic and great. Um, I wouldn't say things with my life are fantastic and great. Like I have a job that I enjoy the people and I enjoy the, the company and, and what it stands for. The job itself, pretty mundane. Like it's a job. Like there's not, there's not a lot to it. It's a highly technical job and I just do it and it doesn't take me long to do it. But at the same time, from a spiritual level, it's, so fruitful hmm. like you know god speaking into areas of my life of like hey this is how community is supposed to look yeah um this is how you've done it wrong in the past not to shame you or say you suck but to give you a an opposite view of what was happening and show you what real community looks like and what real vulnerability looks like and open up about these things that look like and um you know share with jesus just as much as you're sharing with with others around you like there's a level of trust that gets solidified and and strengthened over and over again um, when, when we start to go down these roads. 
Yeah, man. And uh, I was thinking about this of just what, like, as we were talking about seasons, I knew we'd, we'd probably be talking about like major moments in our life in the past and in our walk with Jesus in the past. But I was trying to think about like what season I'm in right now. And you kind of just laid out kind of where you're at, you know, or, or a good chunk of where you're at, where, um, which is cool. Cause I think that's maybe part of maturity too, um, of just, spin- I say maturity, but part of a deepening of relationship with Jesus is that sometimes he can give you that insight of exactly where you're at so that you don't have to wait five years and look back and, and see it, but you can kind of understand it in the moment. And I don't know, it's, it's interesting right now. I feel like I'm in a season where I'm not hearing from God in a lot of like directional changes in my life. I'm, but there's not that many huge changes in my life at the moment, but I have a job I enjoy. Um, I, uh, I have a lot of work to do around the the house, the property. Um, I have a, a toddler as a daughter who's awesome. I have an incredible wife, you know, like I have a lot of stuff in my life that that brings responsibility with it. But it's uh, it's not a season where uh, like others in the past where I'm like, God is telling me X, Y and Z. But there's a lot of moments like that one I told you about of of the sun shining and um, holding Catherine and, and all of that. But there's a lot of other moments like, dude, the other day I was just like, okay, so I applied for this job, did the final interview. I know other people did um, at work as well. And uh, and they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're hoping to have a decision on this and, and offer somebody this role um, like in 10 days from when I interviewed. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like this never happens. It never goes that fast. That's so cool. Cause it's just good to know yes or no to have clarity is, is good, you know? And then anyway, for a variety of reasons, comes back two weeks later, get a phone call that I think maybe the, the offer or the rejection or whatever. And no, it was just a phone call of like, Hey, due to all these pending changes coming, uh, we're hoping to have something in two weeks that we can at least offer this to somebody might be a month, might be next week. We really don't know. So just back in limbo. But dude, the day before I was outside and I was looking at some raspberries that are growing and I just picked like 10 and eaten them and and gave my daughter some and and threw a couple to the chickens. And then I was looking at it and I'm like, man, there's like a hundred more raspberries coming on this bush. Like I wish I could grab a handful right now, but I got maybe 15, maybe 20 total, you know, but the reality is it was just like this lesson in patience of like, there's nothing I can really do to speed that up. I didn't make those raspberries. They just grew in the woods edge, you know, they were just there. And one day today, some of them were, are, are ripe and ready to eat. Maybe tomorrow a bunch will be, might be another week. I don't know. Might be two weeks. There may be more raspberries two months from now. I have no idea. Um, but it was just this like object lesson and like I recognized it uniquely of like, yeah, God has taught me that I need to be patient. Um, even though I don't like patience, it's been hard lessons taught over time. It's just like, that's such a cool object lesson of just something growing. Like I can't do much to speed it up. I can do plenty to mess it up, but I just got to wait. So when I got that call from work, I was just like, oh, cool. Like it's out of my control and I'll know when I know. And I obviously would like to know uh, today, 
Um, but the reality is like, God's taught me to be patient in things and patient with people and patient with processes. And it's like, there's just, I don't know I'm in that type of season, I guess, where I'm just learning things or seeing things a little bit differently, um, in, in ways that are usually, usually very physical, but relate to a lot of things like that idea of patience or the idea of, can you tell heaven from hell? Can you tell what season you're in? You know, Pink Floyd lyric that, that is coming into the, the spiritual realm here. Um, but that, so I'm in kind of a like slow uphill season where I'm working hard. I'm trying to put in a lot of effort with Jesus, but I'm not necessarily like audibly hearing or having this mountaintop moment. I'm just slowly Mm -hmm. deepening my faith as we go. Um, and I'm, I'm having more real conversations with Jesus too. You've got to go through those seasons of, of waiting, because those things that strengthen our faith, um, as we sit in the waiting, like, you know, Jesus was, was pretty clear about like worrying about the future, right? You know, said, don't worry about the future. There's plenty of the wor- the future will worry about itself, like be present in the day. So it's focusing on what, what can I do right now? And like, I'm a planner by nature. Like I want to look out six months. I want to look out a year and know like, where am I headed as, as a human in terms of success or whatever it happens to be. And, um, uh, it's those moments of waiting that, that teach us that, hey, it's not as important. If I just trust in, and focus in on my relationship with Jesus, um, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be great because that's what he's promised. Like, you know, he's going to pro- he's promised me an abundant life, a full life. Now, I'm not saying great in the terms of I'm going to prosper great. I'm going to have lots of cool things. Um, we're talking about like whatever it's going to be, whatever it happens to look like, it's going to be great for me. Like it's going to help me live out the purpose that I've been put on this earth. It's going to help me uh, be more fulfilled in who you, who God's called me to be. It's going to help me love people and, and love God in, in deeper and, and more um, impactful ways. And let me pause you there, man. I legitimately think that as you follow God longer and, and in more depth, everything in your life improves, um, literally. And I don't so I say everything. I don't necessarily mean like the th- the disclaimers you gave of not necessarily that your bank account is going to dr- triple, you know, in two months or anything like that. Um, but you become more okay with your circumstances. You see God at work around you in yeah. a different way. For me, like the the, the deception um, in especially in the early part of my faith was you can have your cake and eat it too. You know, you can you can be the partier, um, but you can also be the model Christian in your youth group. You know, you can have both um, mm-hmm. the, that type of lie. And I don't know, that stuff gets stripped away. And it's very freeing um, when you let it be stripped away by Jesus, because you're like, I don't have to do that dog and pony show. I don't have to try to be both. Like, when I say everything gets better, that's what I mean is there's no mental gymnastics you have to do. Like you become more of a whole person and you become more confident um, people want to be around you more usually because it's like that person is authentic. And and then you can use that to point back at Jesus and be like, yeah, I'm authentic because I wasn't authentic and now I am. It's all a result of following Jesus and, and trying to learn to be like him. So that was my, I just wanted to pause because I feel like we're so quick to skip over that piece sometimes that I wanted to try to say some of it. Like you've got to take time when you're in seasons like you're in now too, to, to reflect kind of on how you got here, right? Like what are the things, the lessons that Jesus taught you over the years that you're now practicing today that you wouldn't have practiced, you know, in your early twenties, 
like you have a patience today that you wouldn't like how did you get to those places and you you go through those exercises really just to to reflect on how god is faithful and how he is at work in your life like i'm always blindsided oftentimes where like i'll go to explain something of how something works in the in the jesus realm um, and it's it's surprising to somebody else that's just something they never thought about before um, and I don't say that to say, look how awesome I am. I, I look to, I say that to say, like, look what Jesus has done. Like, how the heck? Because I didn't intentionally get to these places. I didn't intentionally come to these understandings, or, or as Jesus calls them, the mysteries of the kingdom. Like, I didn't come to understand these things in, in deeper ways because I intentionally pursued them. No, I was just following Jesus kind of along this way and through this journey, through different experiences, both good and bad. Jesus got me to this place of of greater freedom and greater faith and um, greater hope that, you know, I don't look to, to my life and say like my best days are still ahead of me. I have no idea what's still ahead of me. I don't really have a plan for what's still ahead of me, but I do know that my best days are still ahead of me because I look at myself today compared to what I was five years ago, 10 years ago. And you're like, Holy crap, look at the work that Jesus has done. Um, like, you know, even over for the, over the last year, like Jesus is teaching me, like, how do I love people better? Like, how do I genuinely love them? Like I've loved, you know, some in my past. Like, how do you care about uh, about these people in such a way that it's sacrificial? How do you care about these people that even though they, they get on your, your greatest nerves? And don't get me wrong, I love my team at work. They're great people. But there's individuals on my team at work that just... They just grind me like their personalities, especially when it's first on the team. You're just like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Like, and let's be real. I'm sure we all have that. It's like, and I'm sure there's people who, when they see my name come up, they're like, crap. Okay. What is it? You know? And same for you. Like, well, I highly real. doubt that for me. <laughs> I highly doubt people go freaking Josh. Again. You gotta be kidding me. Uh, just kidding. But now, like, I, I just had this moment, you know, I think it was last week, maybe it was the week before, I jumped on a call with one of those individuals. Um, we were talking through the problem that they were going through, and um, we're joking, and we're having conversation, and yeah. we're just, it's not just business. You're like, holy crap, I've come a long ways. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't really like, mm. wasn't really anything intentional except, you know, the Bob Goff phrase of like, you just got to love them for the next 30 seconds, yeah. uh, and just trying to practice that. And I'll be honest with you, 98% of the time failing miserably at it. But like now I'm at this place you're like, man, Jesus, like how far you've gotten me to come because you identified something inside of me a year ago um, and just have slowly been doing the work is all I've been doing is trying to pursue you um, in the midst of all this and increasing my trust. It's not a, it wasn't necessarily this dynamic of like, well, Jesus calls me to love people. So I just have to do it better. And I'm going to, I'm going to just white knuckle it until I figure this freaking thing out. Right. And I'm just going to do everything I could possibly, right? It's not, that's not how this works. The, the Jesus life doesn't work that way. Yeah. The Jesus life is I'm going to pursue Jesus. And in the midst of pursuing Jesus, he's going to speak into my heart and into my life and start identifying things inside of me, not necessarily to work on, but to bring to my attention that he's about to start working on. Um, then you start going down those roads and, and learning, you know, whatever happens, be the lesson that he's teaching you in these in the season um like for you it's being reminded of like god's faithful and yeah. um like you just came out of a season where we called it the year of the chicken That's right and, um you know it was reminding yourself because things weren't turning out the way that you hoped over and over again that it's the year of the chicken mm -hmm. um and then well it ended up being the year of the chicken and god put a chicken on top of your house and then he put a chicken chickens in your backyard that's right um like and now you're in a season where you're able to look back and say wow like 
God is faithful. Like that's what you're the chicken means. It yeah, means God's faithful. Exactly. Uh, Andrew can share the story, but yeah, like literally year of the chicken. Um, when we were getting ready to leave Colorado, we had this idea of like, you know, we're going to be able to buy a place there. Nothing fancy, just a house there. One of our non-negotiables was we need to be able to have chickens. And that sounds really silly, but it, it was just this whole idea of like, we want to have a big garden. We want to be able to focus on that. We, we'd love to have a yard where Catherine could run around and have friends over and spend time outside. And we'd love to have chickens because we think that'd be really cool. And, uh, and it'd be sweet to have our own eggs and give people eggs and all of that. So um, what turned out as, as started to be is this like, just kind of goal um, morphed into like my my word of of the year was chickens and I was initially set out for um, kind of choosing that or feeling like that was chosen for me um, I've no, never had a word before but that was the one um, with this whole idea of like God is so good to us that He usually gives us not only what we need but some of the things we just want. Uh, or desire like that's how good he is and and i sit here saying that's true again today um but over the gave you two extra ones yeah, <laughs> yeah give me two extra ones one of which died a couple days ago died. but i still have one extra and i have 16 16 chickens there's a lot of chickens man um that's true but um no like dude but there's some there's some hard days in that right that's the thing is a lot of hard days. Our house went under contract like five or six times, two times where we thought it was going to sell. And you had to Colorado. dump a ton of money into it. Like, yeah, dude, we had to do a lot of stuff and we, we almost bought two houses here. One, we had to cancel like three days before closing. We lost some money on that. All of that. Like there was a lot of hard stuff that threw doubt in there, but I had this beautiful thing that I just like you, you actually got me a little keychain that's still on my keys today. That's just a little rooster on a piece of leather, um, to remind me that it's the year of the chicken. And, uh, and it's, it's been over a year, but I still think it's the year of the chicken, um, in my life right now where I just am reminded God is faithful. And, and I, I, that was beat into me by him where I started off with this, like, we're going to get chickens and it'll be awesome. Because uh, God is good and goes above and beyond, which is true. Um, but then it morphed into this whole season of being like, no, like it, I don't see it today because today's hard um, or this thing happened and that's hard. But I know that God's faithful. And, and it's taught me that lesson deeply in an awesome way. And I'm still learning that. I'm still in that season and being reminded of it. Um, but yeah, man, I know that thing in a deeper way. I know that truth in a deeper way that God is faithful to me, he's faithful to you, and I can look at people with the with honesty in my mind and heart and and explain that God is faithful even if their situation sucks. Yeah. Yeah, even if your situation's horrible and there's definitely horror, horrible things that happen to you in this life. Um evil things that happen to you in this life, but even in the midst of those things, like Jesus is still Jesus and he's still there with you in the midst of it and you know still holding your hand, still reminding you of a promise. Um whatever it happens to be. And chickens may sound silly, but like to learn that gift of like believing God is faithful. Like how amazing is that? And you know, I always think of it like, what's God preparing you for? Like I'm always looking for what's next, right? You're like, well, if God prepared, got me through that, like what's what is He getting me ready for? Like is it going to be even worse? 
Uh, but he'll prove it to be true as well that he's still with you in the midst of it. So even if you're in the lowest of lows right now, like our encouragement is, is, is pursue Jesus. Have those difficult, hard conversations and really share, um, you know, your heart with them and, and what's going on and um, do the same with those around you and find that, that community. Even if you don't think you have it, um, someone's got to take the first step to find it um, and, and be vulnerable and honest with those around you um, that know Jesus. And the benefit is you don't have people that super close to you. Um, they're going to love Jesus more than they love you. So start, start with those people. It's even easier. Um, but uh, yeah, so even and then at the same time at the highest of highs, like learn in those moments, like, why are you where you are today? Like, what have you learned along the way is what are the things you don't want to forget about your journey to get to this place? So you can get to this place again, um, over and over again. Like I find myself on more mountaintop highs in, you know, my mid thirties now than I've ever have, uh, because, you know, I've gone through a lot of, a lot with Jesus and I've gone through a lot in life and the ups and the downs and the, uh, the in-betweens and, um, I've seen God be faithful. I've seen God uh, be loving and I'm, you know, learning what it means to truly trust him rather than to please him. I'm not here to do all the right things. I'm here to pursue Jesus and be a relationship with Jesus and let him do the work that he desires to do inside of me. If I could give one last closing thought um, and then we'll wrap is just. You're going to have to because you're the one that just texted I know, me. I texted and you. And said, hey, dude, I got to go. My daughter's crying. <laughs> I got to go give her a bottle. But okay. Last closing thought. Uh, if you're in a season that you don't, love in this moment in your walk with Jesus, remind yourself that it's a season and and start digging in in yeah, the practical ways we've talked about in our last episodes. Like just, it's a season. It doesn't have to be your reality forever. You don't have to be in a pit forever. You're not going to be in a, a high spot forever, but just follow some of those things we've outlined in the last episodes. Uh, jump into Matthew 13, read about it and look at nature and how that might apply and think about how that applies to your life. But that's all I got. But I hope this has been helpful. It's been helpful to me and encouraging. And Josh, man, I know we're flipping roles a little bit, but as always, thanks for this conversation. Dude, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Always good to talk to you. Hey, this was Mountain Valleys and the Hikes in Between. Um, hey, please share us, uh, like us wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast. If you're on our website listening to our podcast, hey, you should subscribe to us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, that helps us so much more than you just go into our website that, and we don't really think our website's tracking you properly in our analytics. That's right. uh, so that also helps us as well, <laughs> but Hey, thank you so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it always blows us away how many people listen, because when we talk to our friends, people we would think would listen, <laughs> don't, uh, so, so thank you. It's Seriously. a bunch of people awesome. we don't necessarily know, <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this is beneficial and helpful to you. Um, we love you guys. We're praying for you guys, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>